Quite a story, huh? I could understand why a gospel like this may not sit very easily in our modern-day consciences. Isn't Jesus, or in his name Abraham, here a little bit too strict towards the rich man in hell? Yes, he's a jerk, but what about forgiveness? Doesn't he deserve a second chance? In our modern view on what it is to be human, there are always options. We can always redesign the circumstances of our lives, including the environment and even our own bodies. But here, Abraham seems to draw a hard line in the sand, a line that cannot be passed. However, it's not true that this man is refused a second chance. Because even in the netherworld, he continues. He continues to hold on to his selfish attitude. When he sees the poor Lazarus, the one he did not even notice begging at his own door, he still hurls commands to heaven, even ordering Abraham to give him comfort. The least, I think, what this rich man in his position could have done is saying to Abraham, I'm sorry for the selfish life that I led, but also here, sorry seems to be the hardest word. This man is stuck. He is stuck in his egoism. And the hard no that Abraham gives to his requests in the end may not be so much caused by Abraham's inflexibility, but maybe more by the rich man's own stiff-neckedness, if that's a real English word, stiff-neckedness. Well, you know what I mean. <clears throat> now, the message that Jesus gives us today, I believe, is that we can get so stuck in our self-righteousness that we become like, like a black hole, a gravitational center from which no light can escape. And he warns us, turn around. Start thinking differently and be saved before it's too late. In fact, this is a message of great love because which parent would not want to warn their children for the dangers of the world? Now this week I have been searching, searching for a modern day example of something or someone being as desperately stuck as this rich man in the gospel. And suddenly, boom, there it appeared in my news feed. And tell, I tell you honestly, I struggled with it because, to use it in the homily, because of the political minefield with which this example is surrounded. In my preaching, I don't want to engage in politics. 
I believe in the separation between church and state. But this time, the secular state infringed on the integrity of Christianity. So please don't get upset with me for the particular example I'm giving, but I think it belongs to my pastoral responsibility to mention it to you. And it is not at all that I'm telling you what to vote for or what not. So as part of his re-election campaign, our own California government governor has placed billboards in other states, in Mississippi, in Mississippi where the state legislation has put a 15-week 15 15-week limit on abortion. And the billboard reads, need an abortion? California is ready to help. And below that, a quote from scripture is printed. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Mark 21, 31. I had to read that a couple of times. Is this, re is this true that I'm seeing that? Now, apart from what anyone's political view is, I think it would be fair to say that it is pretty messed up for a secular authority to invoke Holy Scripture. What about the separation between church and state? And what if this neighbor happens to be a human being yet to be born? How do you reconcile that? And in the view of this legislator, Christianity and the truth it professes can just be manipulated at will. And the scriptures that it holds sacred can be held against them. As if now the state is suddenly the magisterium. I don't know about you, but I felt we were coming quite close here to that rich man in the gospel to whom Abraham says, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. Now, still, my modern mind rebels against the idea that there would be no possibility for someone to repent and find his way back to God. And pastors should not invoke fire and brimstone to get their point across. But there may be way for a change, because despite of what Abraham says, there is, there exists a connection over that great chasm. Let us think outside the box. This story about the rich man and Lazarus in hell and in heaven, this story could only have been told from the perspective of Jesus, who reigns over heaven and hell. Think about that. Jesus, it is him who holds the whole universe in his loving hands. 
And I firmly believe that Jesus would only need one little word from us. One little word to make miracles happen and restore us to our original dignity. The word, sorry. Sorry, I've gone too far. It's as simple as that. If we repent with all our heart, we will again be admitted to the eternal life for which we were created and to which we are called. Included this rich man who suffers so poorly because of his own doing. He too will be forgiven.